Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Rock Auto. Amazing selection and reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier, and joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how's it going, sir? It's going well. It's uh, Friday. I'm ready to finish strong and head to the weekend and... Uh... Hopefully, you know, next week we'll, we'll see a little uptick in Cowboys news. We'll start hearing things come in, reports from uh, practices and from meetings and stuff, and uh, we'll start hearing a little bit more. But uh, now we've got some uh, we got a fun fun show to lead us into the yeah. weekend. Yeah, so I think next week is when they really start to ramp up practice. Uh, I don't think they go to pads yet, no, no. Uh, but I think that the, the tempo and the speed picks up, and then by the following week we'll be full into pads. So. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff coming here over the next couple weeks. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it. Mike Clay from ESPN wrote a fantastic article today uh, that you guys should all check out. He wrote uh, he ranked every team's positional groups from one to thirty-two. Uh, you know, talking about the best position groups in the NFL all the way down to the worst. Um, and we're going to kind of dive into this. But before we do that. Um, I think we should talk about the team's overall ranking. Uh, he did a composite score of all the position rankings, and the Cowboys actually came out at number two behind the New Orleans Saints. Um, Landon, when I first tell you that, was was that surprising to you that uh, ESPN believes the Cowboys roster is that good heading into the year? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think that you know we kind of tend to get myopic about you know our strengths and weaknesses on the team, and and you know again this is a cowboy centric show, so you know we, we kind of go over all of this with a fine tooth comb, and and, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of tough to pull out and 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 really get a good comparison or a good ten thousand foot view of the other teams and, and compare them to what you see. Uh, but I think that you know. Uh, you know, I think it's it's really one of those things where you know the Cowboys have, I think, consistently over the last few years had one of the better rosters in football, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and that hasn't always translated into wins. And I think that's obviously why Jason Garrett's no longer here. But I do think that you know, despite the fact that this team may not feel as I guess the word is balanced as maybe last year's roster did, you know, I, I think sure. the fact that they are good, the positions that they are better at this year are important. And maybe, yeah, more important than the ones they maybe are weak. Yeah. At. And I think that's really where this new balance has come is that it's, you know, they, maybe they don't have the talent as evenly spread out across the board, but where they have the talent, you know, cores, the centers of talent, um, are spots that are very important for roster building overall and thereby kind of all, right. you know, all right. list, list ships for everybody. Um, I think this is also important to mention is, you know, they're looking at all the positional groups. And if you would have done this last year, and I think he did, I, I believe the Cowboys were in the top five last year, at, you know, for positional groups. 
Um, but the one thing that Clay isn't ranking is your special teams units. He doesn't have kickers and punters and your special teams coverage in there. And I, I, I still say last year, and you can disagree with me if you want, if they had even an average special teams unit, I think they they win the division in 2019. Yeah. You know, I think they probably are two wins better if the special teams was just competent. I mean, you think of games like New England where they gave up a block punt return for a touchdown and Tony Pollard misfields a, a kickoff that becomes uh, the Patriots ball down inside the 10-yard line. Or you think of the, the punt return that didn't happen in the Vikings game that very well could have led to points. They just they left a lot of points on the field. They gave up special teams points they probably shouldn't have. Um, so I think that needs to factor in here as well. If you're just removing the special teams equation, I don't think it's hard at all to think the Cowboys have a you know the second or third best roster in the NFL, right? Yeah, I mean I think you know if if we were able to kind of even out the uh, the special teams setbacks and field position in general, I mean because it's not even just special teams, it's it was the combination of special teams plus the lack of turnovers created by defense. Yes. And, and yep. those two things combined made Dallas one of the worst starting field position teams in all of football. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. I think if we were able to kind of put those on an even playing field, I mean, you just look at the numbers. I mean, everyone wants to know how, how was Dallas, you know, maybe the most explosive offense in football last year. I mean, just on a <laughs> yeah. per-play basis. And still so, you know, so low on, on, on wins total, so low on, on points scored for, you know, how much they move position, the ball. Yeah. Field position is heavily, has heavily to do with that. So, yeah, I think it's not unrealistic to say that if they got even just better special teams play, they would get two wins out of it just because, you know, they had the offensive firepower to avail themselves of that better field position and actually do something with it. And sure. and I think that you know it, it, it more than maybe most teams, special teams uh, uh, you know just basic special teams play from this team could have improved the the chances of it of them making the playoffs of them winning more games uh, dr- dramatically uh, you know at two games I think is where you start with the minimum frankly. <sighs> special teams. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to. Yeah, talk about it's that last year. Team. You know, it's. I know. Um, all right, so let's get into the positional rankings. We'll do that right after a quick break. Um, I wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Okay, Lena, I want to start at the quarterback position for the Cowboys. They actually came in at number seven here in Mike Clay's rankings. Uh, You know, the teams ahead of them are the ones you would expect, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Ravens. Um, I don't have really too many gripes here. Uh, Again, Dallas at number seven. The only one is Tampa Bay. I I think Dak is better than Brady right now. 
And if you factor in that Andy Dalton is one of the top, what, conservatively five or six backup quarterbacks in the league, I think you can make an argument for them over Tampa Bay. But what are your thoughts on where the Cowboys quarterbacks rank? Here? Yeah, that's the one that's burning a hole in my eyes too. I, I don't, I don't see Tampa Bay having a better quarterback situation than than we do. You know, Tom Brady is is skating on name at this point, and you know, I mean, yeah. we've all doubted him, and he's always you know come back, and he is without a doubt the greatest quarterback to play in the game, probably. You know, but yeah. I, I think you know, there's if this ranking is based on who. Who would you rather have to win a game or you know or play right now? Uh, you know it's hard not to look back last year at what Tom was doing at, in New England and how much they were having to work around his de- declining skill set to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, well, even think of the Cowboy the uh, Patriots game last year. Brady really did nothing no. in that game. The Cowboys gift wrapped them seven points on a block punt. Mm-hmm. And that was basically it. Yeah. And that's all New England's offense did. Yeah, and I, I just think that if you're talking purely the quarterback room, I mean, you know, frankly, if it's just Tom Brady as of now versus Dak, that should be enough for, for Dak to be, you know, uh, above Tom Brady. <laughs> And, and then you factor in, you know, backup situations. And Do you know who their backup I, is? I actually don't even know who it is. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yeah, okay. So even, you know, Blaine Gabbert is, you know, like he's shown you some things every once in a while. but I, He's fine as a backup. Yeah, but he's I don't fine. even, but I certainly wouldn't say that he's more reliable or trustworthy than Andy Dalton. Like, especially in a situation no. like what you're actually asking a backup quarterback to do, I would much rather trust Andy Dalton in that situation. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and move through some of these. Uh, the Cowboys are at fourth for running back units with the Browns, Giants, and Panthers ahead of them. I, I think you can make a case that Dallas should be a little bit higher. I think they have you know, maybe a better overall stable than Carolina does. Uh, it's really Christian McCaffrey, and that's about it. Uh, but anything in the top five is fine. Um, the one I want to talk about the most here is wide receiver. Dallas at number one uh, ahead of teams like Tampa Bay, Arizona, Cincinnati. I've expressed concerns about the wide receiver four and wide receiver five here with the Cowboys. Uh, but when you have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, it's awfully hard not for them to be number one, right? Yeah, and I mean, especially since, you know, like I said, we get myopic with this stuff. We, you know, we haven't talked about it in a while, but we still we still don't know what Devin Smith's going to do. We still don't, you know, there's, there, sure. there's still lots of opportunity for there to be a very good wide receiver four situation. Yeah. And we're talking about, and we're talking about the wide receiver four. four. And, and, yeah, that's, that's the thing is, is that it's not like we've got two good wide receivers and then a third guy who's pretty good. You know, it's like yeah, we've got yeah. the two, maybe the two best young wide receivers in football are two of the, be- the best duo coming into this. And then they added the best wide receiver in the draft last year, who he yep. himself is could potentially be the best of the, of, of this trio eventually. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have an issue with, uh, you know, I think there's been a lot of conversation about who has the best wide receiver unit in, in football. And I think it, it, it boils down to, oh, well, are you, you counting the top three or the top two? Uh, because yeah. I think you know, if you're talking top two, then Tampa Bay definitely has a case to make. If you're talking about top three, I don't think that I think that's where Dallas laps Tampa Bay. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that as as they're ranking it here, uh, I, you know, I think it's Dallas in in, in you know not so uh, you know slighted terms just because we're Cowboys yeah. fans. Um, at tight end, the Cowboys come in at number 29, and I understand that, right? They have a relatively unproven Blake Jarwin. And then not a lot behind him. But I'd be willing to, to venture that 
the Cowboys may move up 10, 15 spots yeah. this year. I really think Blake Jarwin's going to have a big year, but uh, any big problems with that ranking? No, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, and I, you know, the other side of that, you know, trio of wide receivers is that they're going to focus a lot of attention and leave Blake Jarwin against some people yeah. that are not capable of covering him. So as long as he's able to avail himself of that, I think that, yeah, this this unit will rise quite a bit. They'll be playing a lot of 11 personnel, so uh, maybe that even kind of hides some deficiencies at backup tight end a little bit more. Sure. So, yeah, I imagine that just by proxy of everyone watching a bunch of Cowboys games this year and seeing... Blake Jarwin feasting on what's left of the defenses after they have to cover the top three wide receivers. I think that will definitely improve, you know, his stature around the league. Yeah, I'd, I would not be surprised if Blake Jarwin gets around 650 yards and seven or eight touchdowns this no. year. I just think of all the guys on offense, he's just going to be the one guy that teams are going to allow to to beat them. Right? Yeah. Teams are going to focus on Zeke and Dak running the ball. They're going to focus on the three receivers. They have to bend somewhere, and it's probably going to be in Blake Jarwin's favor. Um, the next one, I actually think the Cowboys might be a tad too high, but uh, Cowboys offensive line comes in at number three behind the Colts and Saints. Um, I think that's a, a, a little high just considering the uncertainty at left guard and center. Uh, what do you think about the ranking? I'm okay with it. I, I I don't think there is there's as much uncertainty at left guard as everyone. I mean, I, I think... Williams is a very, very, very solid floor at left guard for me. I, I think that we've been talking about competition there because we don't really know what our you know third round pick from last year can do uh, to, sure, to come sure. in and compete for that spot. Maybe he's exceptional and, and is able to kind of come in and take that job. But I, I, I kind of think you know. I know that we kind of are viewing Connor Williams through the eyes of, of, of the rest of the offensive line, you know, for these last few years. But I feel like Connor Williams is is a pretty solid guard. So uh, I, I don't really view that so much as an issue. The center position is really, you know, where there's the, the question mark. And I and I and I I think that like we've talked about before, they have good answers here. I think they have a variety of good solutions here, but it's still a question mark. I, I just don't know that that's enough to, to kind of move the center position by itself is enough to move this group down too far. You've got two really, really good offensive tackles, one who's rising as we're speaking. The best sure. the best offensive guard in football, I don't care what anybody says, uh, and and then you know, like you said, Connor Williams, who viewed through the lens of that, doesn't look as great. But I think if you look around the league, he's he's better than an average starting guard, in, in my opinion, for sure. Uh, and so I think that there's possibility that he is there a possibility he gets replaced because you have an abundance of talent at the position potentially. Yeah, that's possible. But I I do think that you know, and then especially if you you know, consider it depth as well, Dallas has really got one of the best units in football and and you know Indianapolis has has some some players that you know across the maybe the best starting unit for sure New mm-hmm. Orleans has got some some talent that has really kind of grown into themselves really well and, and and are kind of at their peak right now but Dallas is still right there with with their talent at the offensive line position especially if you consider you know depth Right. So, I mean, if I'm playing devil's advocate with myself, I'd have to make a case for somebody else to leapfrog the Cowboys, right? And, you know, the teams behind them, like Philadelphia, you know, while they've got 
you know, kind of a whole right tackle, a right guard now with Brandon Brooks gone. I know they brought back Jason Peters, but he's now going from left tackle to right guard after playing uh, almost two decades in the NFL. They've got a left tackle in Andre Dillard, who's pretty unproven. Uh, so I think you can you can certainly poke holes in their offensive line. Cleveland's the same. They have no depth on their offensive yeah. line. Uh, their guard situation is, is kind of rough. I know uh, J.C. Treader is the center who is a good center but has trouble staying healthy. Yeah. They're relying on a rookie left tackle. Um, even Baltimore, you know, they lost Marshall Yonda in the offseason. Um, they have good tackles, but what's the interior of their offensive line look like uh, this year as well? So at, I don't have a big problem with the Cowboys at three because you do have three studs and Tyron and Zach Martin and uh, Lyle. And I think, as you mentioned with Connor Williams, you kind of have like a baseline of play at left guard that you know. And we've seen Joe Looney start a season at center. So, we, I mean, at the very least, we have guys that have played a bunch uh, and we know that they're not awful. Um, so that's why it's it's not too hard to see why Clay has them ranked so high. Uh, let's take one more quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the defense. Okay, Landon, after being uh, overwhelmingly positive on <laughs> offense, uh, Mike Clay is not quite as optimistic on defense. However, there was actually a couple things I was surprised about. And let's go ahead and start on the defensive line. And I'm going to kind of compare the, I mean, uh, put these two together. Um, the interior defensive line unit, he has the Cowboys ranked at 14, and then the edge rusher units at 18. That even feels a little high, but what are your thoughts on him being fairly optimistic about their uh, defensive line heading into the season? Yeah, and I, you know, and the thing is, is that you have to think. I wish he had said a little bit more about our edge rusher situation because yeah. it's so unique and different. There's so many, you know, the the the, the spectrum of where it could end up landing is so wide because of depending on who shows up to play. Uh, I think interior defensive line wise, you know, you bring in two, uh, you know, relatively well known uh, defensive linemen, defensive tackles to play, and I think that that's you know going to bowie your your rankings here to a certain degree. But excuse me, I'm sorry, I don't have a sneeze button. I apologize. Um, yeah, I think that I, I I think that that's kind of where you're you're getting your your rise here. You still you drafted a, a young guy that you like. Uh, and Gallimore, and then you know you still have some relatively untapped talent that you, you're not sure exactly what what state it's in in, in Tristan Hill. So I you know I can see there's a lot of of uh, variables here to, to kind of figure out, and there's a lot of uncertainty, especially when the two guys at top you know are coming from a different team. So yeah. 14 to me seems like a safe spot to stick us because, you know, it's like, well, this, this could really go either way. If, either, you know, if all yeah. these guys play well, they could be really good in top 10 maybe. Uh, if, if they don't, then this could be one of the worst, you know, if, if both your, your veteran defensive tackles have fallen off a cliff, then this could be one of the worst interior defensive t- tackles in football. So, uh, and then at, at the edge rusher, you know, it's like Demarcus Lawrence sends you, uh, sets you, a baseline at 18 probably by himself Uh, and then just unknown quantities about Alden Smith and and frankly not even knowing whether someone like Rady Gregory is even going to be uh, right uh, yeah uh, even in the the game is is just it really makes it like a volatile spot so 
Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with their rankings just because it's, you know, it's difficult to, to, to be optimistic when you don't really know a ton well, about what's happening I, was, I feel like he's more optimistic than I might even be, right? Because I think you could make a case that, like, their edge rusher should be even lower than that because they don't really have anybody proven outside of Lawrence. But I think that just goes to show you how respected Lawrence is around the yeah. league, right? Because you can basically have nothing on that other side and you're still a top 20 unit because of Demarcus Lawrence, right? So uh, I feel like this is fair, at the very, very least fair, and I would even say maybe a little bit more optimistic than I would be. Um, I, I, the last one I want to touch on just really quickly um, is the off-the-ball linebacker units. And uh, I think we have a tendency to, I mean, at least I do, to look at the negatives here with Van Der Esch coming back from a neck injury and him you know, being inconsistent last year. Jalen Smith maybe taking a step back. Sean Lee not being quite as dynamic as he was earlier in the league, early in his career. But when you look at how it compares to the rest of the league, they're still one of the most talented linebacker units in the NFL. And Clay has them ranked number two behind the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, what did you think of that ranking? Yeah, I mean, I think if... If the idea is that these guys are getting even decent coaching and are suddenly healthy, I mean it's hard not to it's hard to argue that these guys are two of the best in all of football, you know. And and again, right. the one thing that we don't argue, that we don't really worry about with this unit is depth. I mean, no. next to the offensive no. line, we probably have got the best depth at linebacker sure. in the league. Uh, you know, and 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 at any position, maybe in the league. You know, I just I wonder if any position group has the depth that we do at linebacker. Well, I was going to say this is just an example of how deep they are at linebacker. Um, do you remember Justin Phillips last yeah, year in their defense? Yeah. Remember he was in preseason. Yeah. That was somebody who went on to play meaningful snaps in nickel situations for the the Raiders last year. I mean, that was a guy that basically we thought never had a chance to even make the roster, and he's going and playing in uh, important snaps for a team that was fighting to make the playoffs. And you've had guys that have moved on, like Kyle Wilbur, who is still a starter in the league. I mean, it, Anthony Hitchens was a, you know, a backup linebacker here, and he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. And Damian Wilson was the same thing. He really couldn't get on the field outside of playing Sam, and now he's a starting linebacker. The Cowboys are good at finding linebackers, competent linebackers, and they have a bunch of a bunch of them on this roster, even behind their their studs in Van Rush and Jalen Smith. Yeah, yeah, and again, like the guy that is your third linebacker was, you know, the uh, I mean, before he kind of before Jalen and, and Van Rush showed up on the scene, and before his these last few years was considered, you know, the best generational linebacker for this team in, in forever, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Sean Lee, despite being a shell of himself, is still, you know, the maybe going to be in the, the you know, all-time Cowboys list of, of linebackers if Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith don't show up right after him. So I think, you know, and then on top of that, you've got a guy like Joe Thomas yeah. who could go yeah. start anywhere. And then, you know, that's it's just it, 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 it's really deep. And then the guy, like you said, the guys up top are so good when they're healthy uh, and when they're, you know, assignments yep. aren't just absolutely absurd that I think that that, you know, they are. This is the kind of ranking that shows you. Hey, a lot of people view what happened last year as the fluke, not 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 the first year with Leighton Vander Esch. That you know, without Vander Esch 
on the field with with him. Yeah, we talked about this on yesterday's podcast. Uh, We were discussing Leighton Van Der Esch, but if the Cowboys defense wants to take another step this year, I think at linebackers how they're going to do it. If they can get Jalen and Van Der Esch to play at the same level that they did in 2018, even with you know less talent on defense without a Byron Jones and Malik Collins and uh, a Robert Quinn, getting better linebacker play uh, can help this defense reach the top 10. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.